Welcome to Crack the Customer Code, where your hosts, Jeannie and Adam, unlock the secrets to keeping your customers happy and coming back for more. Okay, welcome to Bourbon Summit number three of Crack the Customer Code. So a little background for our tens of thousands of listeners that have joined since the last Bourbon Summit. Definitely. Uh, we This all started, and we won't do the whole story. You can go back and listen to Bourbon Summit number two for the whole story. But essentially, Jeannie uh, plied me with bourbon and got me to agree to two crack <laughs> With her, that's the story that we are sticking to. I object. And now, every <laughs> quarter, we've decided to just have a little fun, just do some behind-the-scenes stuff, chill out, not necessarily talk about customer experience, but just have a conversation and uh, share a little bit about bourbon. Uh, you can't see it, but I'm raising my glass to Jeannie. Cheers, partner. Cheers. Back at um, you. You can expect us not to be inebriated. We will just be slowly sipping some good bourbon here. Uh, well, I can only speak for myself, actually, <laughs> frankly. And uh, we're just going to talk about what's going on. And one thing that I do know for sure is going on today, because we've had a very interesting day of uh, recording, is Jeannie is done <laughs> with people, all people. Yeah, apparently. pretty much. That rarely <laughs> happens, but I'm close today. You're close. You've, yeah. you've almost gotten there. <laughs> I've almost gotten there. Yeah, we, we had a day today of recording and, and not recording in some cases <laughs> because, recording. you know, when guests schedule and they don't show up, that's not my favorite. I'll admit it. It's not, <laughs> it's not my your favorite. favorite. Mm -mm. Especially when they pursue us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Tell them how you really feel. Uh-oh. I'm two sips in. What's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Look out. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so yeah, so it's been an interesting day, but the thing I want to complain about, since obviously complaining is what we're doing on this episode, is that it's 9,000 degrees oh, Fahrenheit, well, just to be clear. Where you live. In Orlando, yes. Yes. It is officially 9,000 degrees. Um, that's an actual Well, it is weekend. summer in Central Florida, so I, I just know. want to point that out to you. <laughs> What's worse, better or worse, because I'm super excited, but I have relatives coming to town uh, in August, and I'm super excited about that. Uh, I will be probably ending up at one of the parks in August, which is something I advise uh, <laughs> other people against. And I will probably Yes, and by the parks, that's local lingo for Disney World or Epcot Universal. or Universal or one, one of the Disney or, or Universal theme parks. One of Either yes the primaries or the secondaries however you want to look at them <laughs> there you go so what bourbon are you enjoying today well i this is a pretty fun one because i am drinking my favorite bourbon nice i am which drinking is, blanton's which has become one of my favorites thanks to you <laughs> yes i i believe i gave you a bottle of blanton's you to did. celebrate once and you didn't get to drink any of it I got to drink a little, but not as much as should have been mine. As some people. There, there is still a war here in the Walters household about, you know, whose gift really was that? It wasn't for both of us. What's it was mine? for me. What's mine is mine and what's yours is mine, right? That's what Yes, exactly. So uh, let's just say it was enjoyed <laughs> in the household. Well, so I am drinking. It is... I, I've had one competitor that came close to being my favorite once. Um, and I may try to bring, that's a really hard one to get. So I may try to bring that on for a future bourbon summit. But I went with 
um, Blanton's, which here's really a really funny one. You'll like this. It is in my safe up in my <laughs> person, my personal safe up in my office. Is that to hide it from your wife? <laughs> I wouldn't say that since we're recording, <laughs> I would say that I'm not worried about anybody coming into the house and stealing uh, it. Right. It's just, <laughs> yeah, so you, I get you, that. You can extrapolate what you would like from it. <laughs> See, this is a lesson for me. So next time when I get a bottle of Blanton's, I'm going to uh, find a unique space for it, a yes. special little Blanton's cabinet. I got to make sure not to mail it to you. I'm going like, to mail it just to you. Right. <laughs> not the Walters household. No, no, we can't do that. So tell us about your bourbon, Jeannie. So I'm going, you know, old school, a little basic, but it's always, I'm going bullet, but not, I want to make a distinction, not rye. Bullet bourbon. Uh, you know how I feel about the rye. I, I do, but you should share how you feel about the rye. Not so big on the rye. <laughs> I feel about the rye about the same way I feel about the Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't mind rye in certain occasions, but uh, if it's just for sipping, there's you know bourbon on the rocks. That's, that's the way to go. Well, bullet is a nice bourbon. I've had bullet. I like bullet. Mm -hmm. uh, not the rye. Right. <laughs> but just yeah. to be clear. <laughs> oh my gosh, because I had so I we did a burp. So one of the things, if you're into bourbon, little lingo is neat, which mm -hmm. may, well it's not just doesn't just apply to bourbon, of course. But um, you know, neat is basically room temperature in a glass. And yeah. I don't do neat so much. So I'm, I have a few friends that are very big bourbon aficionados and they're purists. Mm -hmm. I, I don't enjoy it that way. And I had a rye at a bourbon tasting once. I had a rye neat. Mm. It almost got me off bourbon for the rest of my life. It was, <laughs> uh, I was so unpleasant. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. But, but you know, that's the thing. We're talking about taste. Everybody has different tastes. So, you know, that's my, right. My taste buds will react differently. Yours, uh, you may like a nice rye mixed with vodka neat. I don't know. No, that's that sounds like a lot. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah. Is that an actual drink? It might be. Um <laughs> While we're ranting, Jeannie, let's yes. rant a little bit about LinkedIn spam. Oh my goodness. This is very it's much gotten on my so mind. bad. <laughs> it's gotten so bad. Oh, ooh, this is good. We should do a poll. I like this. What has gotten worse in the past since January 1st, 2019? What has gotten worse? LinkedIn spam or robocalls? You decide. Ugh. <laughs> oh. That's a good Both. that's a good question, isn't it? Well, where that would you come out? But you know what? Well, everybody loses. That's the answer. But uh, I, I don't know. They've both gotten so bad. And not only robocalls, but calls that are just wildly like not for me. They, these business calls I get now, they ask for my IT department. I tell them I don't have one. Then they're like, okay, what about your no, data just, security I just, department? I just heard you do that while we were I know. Well, <laughs> on the speaker. Um, and... So that's gotten so bad, but you're right about LinkedIn. Just today, I had to, I had to cut off a connection on LinkedIn because I kept saying, actually, we don't need freelance writers because I get pitched for all sorts of weird things. And I said, you know, I do all my own writing. We don't need that. What about this? What about this? Oh. All I need is your login for your WordPress and I'll write a post for you. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's not ever going to happen. So oh goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that's a disconnect there. But it's, I mean, people are getting really bold and kind of aggressive. And 
I don't like it. I sort of expect, you know, like I expect a certain amount of it. And, I, you know, it's always the like, it's, it's, it's almost a game for me now to like, yeah, it's like a game I play with myself when I accept the invitation and I can sort of smell what's coming yeah. next, but it's, I got to try and I want to be nice. And I sort of like, okay, how many hours pass before the first sales pitch? Yep. And yeah, it's pretty fun. It's a fun little game to play. Um, <laughs> I think the harder part is um, it's being used by people I respect and colleagues. I mean, I get just the random stuff you get. Mm -hmm. We all get that. It's just part of the lack of joy of LinkedIn on some, but uh, you know, I, I think versus you and I have a couple of colleagues we've discussed privately and certainly would not discuss here, but that are really uh, crossing the line and the, with the yeah. LinkedIn, it's all, it's like hard sales promotion messages all the time. And you know, it's, it's hard because when you, when they're your colleagues, you get the first one or two and you feel like you have to respond. Right. Until you realize like, Oh, this is a pattern. They're this now. Yeah. They're um, just, yeah, blanket. What do you call it? Carpet bombing. bombing. Carpet Not, uh, bombing. Yes. <laughs> blanket bombing. Blanket bombing. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think that the other thing that I wonder about is that if sometimes people are getting poor advice, poor partnerships, people who kind of think they're doing the right thing by doing those things because people are telling them that they should, or even they've hired somebody and they're just, you know, indiscriminately sending out messages to well, all of their contacts. Else. That's a good right. point. Yeah. Because I, I worry about that too, because there are a lot of people out there who just think social media is just that rapid fire, um, you know. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard because one person's, the you know, the line is different for everyone where yeah. spam begins, where two salesy begins. I mean, that, that is the hard part, but I feel like that's within a range. And then yeah. extremes of the range that you're really, you're, you're really pretty much in everyone's definition, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely a range in the middle where you may say, you know, that, ah, I thought that was a little spammy and I'm like, ah, I get it, whatever, right. or, or vice versa. Right. Um, and then there's just like, once you get over to the ends of the curve, you know, yeah. the, the, the long tail of behavior, we'll call it. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're just pretty much universally all think, okay, that's too much. Well, and I think the other part of this is if you do have a personal relationship with somebody, it's even stickier, right? Like you don't want to get, you don't want to risk a real relationship because you're being a little too, spammy but that starts to happen if you start feel like oh they don't even recognize me as a person anymore um that's not a good feeling and i think we all have to be conscious of that too true it's, and, and it's even better because sometimes the ones we're getting from are like competitive with us right <laughs> you're, you're 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 trying to sell yeah. me something i do what do you right doing? exactly i know you, that happens more than you'd expect you would ex i know shockingly shockingly a little bit um yeah. and i do want to tell you Virginia, I, and i haven't had a chance yet to start uh linkedin and, uh, linkedin messaging you this is my new podcast partnering service that i'm offering for <laughs> only 5.99 and that is you know so is that like, do you play matchmaker or is it just you as everybody's partner? I just, I'm a partner. I'm just, oh, a, I'm a partner, partner for, hire. for hire. And I know I, I sort of, I gave you the free sample for five years nice. almost. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> Such a deal. I know. I mean, nobody else gets a free sample like that. But Jeannie, now I'm afraid. The premium not. model is, yeah, is over and it's kind of yeah. up. Even the, the meum of the freemium model. He <laughs> left the free. <laughs> lovely. Lovely. <laughs> uh, I'll, yes. I'll send you my Venmo. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> I'll good send luck you something it. in return. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I mean, the funny part that we're going through right now is that all of this stuff is new and all of this stuff is experimental and you're to iterate and you're allowed to try things. And I see that, I've mentioned this before, I see that with my kids. Like they have no fear of experimenting and they have no fear of trying something and like openly admitting to the world, like, wow, that didn't work. You know, <laughs> like right. I tried that. And I think that's okay. I think it's when we get people who think, yeah, this is the way to go. I'm just going to ignore all the feedback I'm getting that this isn't right and just keep going. And I'll play devil's advocate or, or even not even devil's advocate, just sort of uh, advocate the other side of it and to agree with what I believe, which is, you know, in that great, in that middle zone we talked about, there's a lot of people with a lot of strong opinions about what you or you, you should or should not do for your business, right? There's a lot of people with strong opinions about what's proper and what's proper. Gosh knows social media etiquette, right? I mean, everybody has an opinion on social media etiquette. Yes. Um, yeah. and a lot of them were fortunate enough to build up very big followings in 2009 before the mm -hmm. rest of us got into it and had mm -hmm. to like, you know, sort of shout through the noise. So, you know, the other aspect of it is you should definitely listen to a lot of opinion, but you should also not be dissuaded necessarily or dis mm -hmm. discouraged, I think would be the better word by, you know, uh, I don't know what's a good expression is, but a small number of opinions or right. very opinionated, you know, yes. ideas about what you should or should not do mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. there, there's no one way to do it. Right. right. I mean, there's, like I said, there's the extremes where you're, you're definitely out, out there. You're, you're probably pushing everybody's definition. Um, but within that, you know, there's, everybody's going to have a different opinion about what's right with, you know, like in our business, quoting yourself, mm -hmm. right. Some people like Navy, yeah. some people like, Hey, that's what, you know, that's how you do it until you're, uh, to your, uh, Tony Robin, Gary V, whoever, and people, right. <laughs> right. Uh, so whatever, I mean, that we don't need to dig into that one, but that's sort of the point, right? There's a very big range of opinions with a lot of people we respect that basically have both sides of that, of that right. issue, right. Right. And I think it's important. I think what works is as long as you're like in integrity with yourself and if you step out of something because people tell you that that's how you should behave, that's never going to go well. You have to be authentic with who you are and what you're comfortable with. And I think that's the part that makes me uncomfortable is when I see people that I know who I do respect who I think, wow, this is really out of character for them. This is something that they wouldn't do if somebody didn't tell them or if there wasn't like the wall of, you know, the internet <laughs> between right. us. Like they would never behave this way in real life. That, oh, that's what always strikes me as like, ew, that's a little weird. Um, and so I think as long as people, like there are people who can get away with more because that's who they are, right? Like that's, their personalities are big. And right. Gary Vee can get away with stuff that a lot of people can't because that's who he is. And I think that's what 
you know, I, I try to really check in sometimes with myself, like, is this okay? Is this, and sometimes you have to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and you have to push a little bit more, but I would never want to get to a place where somebody's like, whoa, I got this weird thing from Jeannie and it sounds like, you know, like <laughs> totally weird and it doesn't sound like her. That would strike me as like, oh, I, I did something really wrong. <laughs> Don't, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't worry about that. I would worry, I wouldn't worry if one person felt that way. I'd worry if five people felt that way. Yeah. That, that's that's fair yeah right you I know i mean I, I think that's where it comes down because you're always i mean people are so like hair trigger nowadays about mm -hmm. opinions and very you know black or white either or kind of stuff right. so it, it's uh yeah it's hard because you you want to not worry about it too much but yeah. you gotta make sure you're always paying attention and learning and sort of reading the room even though the room is yeah. the world <laughs> <laughs> And it's a little harder. Change. It's a little harder to read. Like that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. But we have bourbon. Yeah, so, exactly. And speaking know. of integrity, I think that's a good segue. Here's a question. I, I don't want to ask because we're gonna we're gonna have an episode uh, coming up soon where we ask, is the customer journey over? And mm. that that's uh we're gonna promo that a little bit here. So I'm not gonna ask like dramatically, is Facebook over? Let me mm -hmm. let me give a nuanced question. Has Facebook is Facebook really damaged itself so much that it can't do what it needs to do for the future? So one of the things Facebook's looking to do is it wants to basically be the world's currency now. Mm -hmm, I uh, saw they're, that. They're trying to they want to release a crypto and it's very complicated. And I don't think we should even attempt to explore too many of the details yeah. here. Um, but the short version, right, is they, they want to release a currency and they want to be one that crosses borders and that they control, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, uh, I'll poll you, if you don't mind going on the record, Jenny, are you comfortable with that? Mm -hmm. right. Not, not right now. I mean, I think that everybody's reaction when they heard that was probably like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we right. don't need that exactly right now. And I bet there will be people who experiment and kind of lead the way. And I'm not saying, like never say never, right? Because if it is something that is, that decreases the effort of. Well, are you talking about Facebook or the idea separate from Facebook? Because we're talking no, about Facebook. Release. I'm talking about Facebook. I mean, I think that if I think there will be a like tipping point where either everybody goes, this is a terrible idea or something happens and people say, wow, this is really easy. Look at all the people who have gone before me and not had issues. And then there will be the critical mass situation where people say, oh, I am comfortable with this. But I think it, it's going to need like brave pioneers. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Yeah, well, so that's where we may end up getting into the technical stuff. And I am not a, you know, central banker. So mm -hmm. let's clear that up. In case you were wondering, I'm not. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's more complicated than just individual adoption is a thing. I mean, right. you know, it has to be used as a clearing curve. It has to be used by the banking system eventually. It has to be yeah. adapt adopted as a um, sort of legitimate form of a legitimate financial currency or instrument. Mm -hmm. And uh, that gets into a whole host of things. And you've essentially got, it's interesting. I guess the reason I asked the question, because you've got an interesting test case. You've got a non-governmental, non-essentially uh, mm -hmm. accountable entity that right. do, you know, not accountable in a lot of ways to you know, voters or anything. 
and um, not accountable to governments in this case, as it goes cross borders with the currency and question being, will they even be able to get, even, even if whether you agree with it or not, let's not even do that. Are they going to even be able to get it off the ground because of what's happened the last couple of years, right. the, the declining adoption of Facebook now, you know, the right. And the lack of trust, decreasing usage, lack of trust, like, Things like this, like if you just said, if they'd have done this three years ago, even though really, I don't think the tech was there for it. We weren't there mm -hmm. for this type of financial instrument or currency. Um, like three years ago, the world would have been like, oh my God, like or people right. in our world, the social, like social media world would have been, oh, this is great. Yeah. Forget governments. Let's have Facebook do our money. Yeah. What about now? Yeah. I don't, I agree that there's so much lack of trust to overcome um it's a different world than it was several years ago and people are much more tuned in to the way these things operate um and what that means to their data and their privacy and everything else but i also think the world has changed in really weird ways and <laughs> i wouldn't put it like i i don't think it's i don't think it's something that won't work I think that it's going to find a way. It might not be the way we're thinking about it today, but I think it will find a way to work. And I think that there might be populations that it will serve that are underserved now. And so that's a whole other interesting discussion too. But yeah, I think I mean, Facebook I, in general, like we don't, people aren't using it as much. They're not getting uh, users. There are all sorts of things around Facebook that are just totally different than just a few years ago. And so I'm sure they were planning this when, you know, they were riding high and all of a sudden they're in Congress, you know, trying to figure out what to do. So. And it's not just that. I mean, we're, um, we're, I, I use Facebook because they are the ones who just came out with this announcement about this very bold yeah. idea that requires an inc incredible amount of trust on, you know, trust in their brand to even begin much less pull off. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, all of big tech is facing a crisis of trust. Yeah. Well, not just big tech. I think all relationships between brands and people are facing some trust issues. I, I don't think I would agree with that. Good. If we finally found something not to agree on, we can argue about it. <laughs> Well, I, I'm right. I, I think so. some brands, I don't think all brands are by any means. Uh, I think there's a lot of brands that have plenty of trust in humans or plenty of trust by their customers. Uh, now, uh, most of them are not big tech. <laughs> right. Right. But uh, even like with uh, certain brands that have had a lot of trust in the past because of the way the marketplace has changed and because of these issues with data security and privacy that are just happening around them, customers now are less likely to invest their trust um, as a default move. You know, you, you have to earn it more often. You have to make sure that you're uh, really connecting with customers emotionally to earn their trust on a regular basis instead of just saying, you're our customer, trust us. Jeannie, I think we're going to have to end soon because basically you just told me I was right again. So I, you know, I know you didn't mean to because that's very painful. For no, me. but that's not, I mean, that's you must have misheard. <laughs> that's essentially what I just heard. So <laughs> That's the bourbon talking. The bourbon, I've had like three sips, but you know, yeah, I mean, it is, I think 
people are less trusting if that's what you meant to yes. say. Yeah, yes. I, that I would agree with um, for sure. Uh, do I think there are plenty of brands that have a great degree of consumer mm-hmm. trust? Yeah, I, mean, I think there's data to back that up. Um, but uh, yeah, c- consumers are more skeptical. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think they should be because I mean, I'm, I'm naturally that way, right? I've always you are. Been, you are the original, <laughs> the original skeptic. One. Well, you know, because I don't know, part of that's a small business mindset, entrepreneurial mindset, just growing up like that. I think just always seeing, especially coming up in the blogging era and the social mm-hmm. media era, all the pronouncements of how everything was going to change and all, mm-hmm. and like, okay, some things are going to change. The right. laws of economics have not changed. <laughs> the only reason you're still open is because you keep getting venture money. You're yep. running a profitable business. Right. Eventually it's going to have to be profitable. Right. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, so yeah, I mean, some of the stuff, the kumbaya kind of stuff is I think you referred to it earlier today in our, one of yeah. our recordings. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a little hard to swallow sometimes. Yeah. And I think more skepticism, uh, not just in like sort of general consumers, but among people that do what we do, people that are out mm-hmm. there, doing thought leadership, whatever you want, I hate that term, but whatever you want to call it, you know, sort of sharing concepts and ideas and mm-hmm. um, thoughts. <laughs> sharing thoughts. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine, Imagine that. that. And if that's one of the ones you're sharing, you probably shouldn't <laughs> listen to me anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, a healthier dose of skepticism, particularly when, oh, the world has just changed forever. Right. <laughs> the newest, right. The newest thing comes out would probably benefit us all. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the other thing is the fundamental way that human beings operate. (laughs) Um, Yes, things change based on brain change and evolution and all those things. But for the most part, there are certain things that humans just do and need. And some of that doesn't change. And so saying that like humans are going to behave completely differently I don't think that's totally fair either. So I, I think you're right. We have to look at everything with that little bit of skepticism, a little bit of just, you know, kick the tires. Don't just drive the car. <laughs> well, you know, one thing that never changes, Jeannie, how you take us away. <laughs> that's the same every darn time. <laughs> really? Just about. That's, oh, yeah, I guess it is. I yeah, guess it's, right. pretty, it's pretty close to not changing. So, Jeannie, well, what it, this has been an excellent bourbon summit. I've enjoyed my favorite bourbon, Blanton's, and uh, yours was again? Mine was Bullet, Bullet Bourbon, not Rye. Bullet Bourbon. All right. Yes. And, um, I've enjoyed my favorite bourbon and my favorite podcast partner. How's that? Uh, thank you so much. Where's my Venmo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it's your first testimonial for when oh, you go on the road with your uh, podcast <laughs> my, partner. Partner for hire. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Uh, Well, on that note, thank you to our favorite listeners, right? A hundred (laughs) percent. For listening to Correct the Customer Code. We are a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out all the great business content at C-Suite Radio and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our journey mapping programs, CX training, speaking, and at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam DePork, and you can learn more about me, my keynote speaking, our customer service training and workshops, and RCX advisory at customersvetstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.